My name is Jack Oatway. And I am Jay Oatway. And we would like to welcome you back to another episode of Like Dragon Like Sun, the only father-son podcast that talks all things D&D. This edition. World's greatest role-playing game. Woot woot. Out there. And today we are addressing some of the races people typically don't really like to touch very often. You know, usually you think, oh, I'd like to play in a, maybe a human or an elf. or Nobody says that. Everybody's like, I'm going to play Goliath. A I'm going to play Tiefling. I'm going to be a Dragonborn. Kenku. Kenku. But even amongst all of that edginess, people often leave out the goblinoids, the poor goblinoids. Yeah, I mean, I suppose a lot of D&D campaigns uh, traditionally place these creatures as... Evil monsters. As the baddies. But, you know, hey, we live in a kinder, gentler, friendlier time of D&D where actually... Let me back this up. We don't live in any different time. It's only now just become more popularized to play monsters as good guys. But I remember back in my first edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Dungeon Masters guide, the section that very much said, Hey, if you want, hmm. try playing a monster as a as a character. And we were all like, Woo, let's play dragons. Of course. But you know, once you calm down and think, okay, maybe playing dragons is dumb. Um, maybe if we've gone too far, maybe something simpler, maybe something easier. Sure. And, uh, I remember playing orcs back Mm. in the day, um, partly because, uh, a game called Warhammer had had come out and orcs were a playable thing in that. We're like, well, if we play them in that, why can't we play them in D and D? And of course, no reason at all. Play whatever you want. Um, but today we have systemized it and come up with standardized rules that are official and everybody can get on board with and. You know, now yeah. we can play goblinoids, exactly. which don't include orcs. No, uh, surprisingly, they used to. Many. And maybe again, that's just me confusing with the Warhammer stuff back in the day. They were all green. Mm. Nobody's green anymore. Um, I don't know what happened to green. Yeah, Green's no one's out. really green anymore. I mean, um, everyone's kind of like shades of beige and gray and I know uh, red. <laughs> I miss the green. Oh well. Well, you was green like was games. green villainized somehow? Did we see green as bad? I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's any like good guy races that are green. I don't know. The Hulk was green. Goblins can be green, but I feel like these days they're less green. Yeah, you know, which is um, not necessarily a bad. Many thing. minis out there I've I've seen uh, are green, but true people still do green. But the the stuff in the the player's handbook and uh, or not player's handbook, but Volo's, Volo's guide, guide really introduces monstrous. Yeah, monstrous so this this stuff actually goes back a little ways now. Whatever, you know. Uh and people are still playing it. They haven't banned it from the game, so clearly <laughs> uh there's nothing wrong with doing this. And so yeah, there's a little group of of races known as goblinoids. They right. all speak goblin, which is actually kind of fun. Yeah. Um, finally can actual like things that overlap in some yeah. way you know like do you imagine if there would have been like three you know elf races that all spoke elf well there are but oh well okay let's do a different example let's say if there was like you know three different dwarf races that all spoke dwarf well there's only one dwarf race you know there's like no one else speaks dwarf but the dwarves you know or maybe if you've picked it up going through mountains but that's you learn that separately there's no race that just knows dwarvish from their upbringing besides yeah. the dwarves you know yeah. Elves, technically you could have half-elves and sea-elves and drow and whatnot that all learn some form of undercommon or elvish. Although drow are probably more undercommon, let's be honest. But yeah, this is a, kind of a unique thing. Uh, mm. Even in my best attempts to try and come up with examples where there are kind of sub-races that all share a language, this is the only place where there's clearly three... three different, very different mechanic. Distinctly you know, different looking types of... of creatures that you can play that all speak the same thing there's the goblins which are kind of small sure and they are sort of the namesake for the group and they're fun they're they fun. got that fury the small thing yeah going they've on. got that little rascally roguish uh, sort of feel to it we'll kind of go into all of them in more detail sure. but uh bugbears they're sort of the mid-size sort of version of them. actually they're, they're actually ones that are called them they might be actually in some ways the biggest in some ways because they've got the powerful build Mm, they're, 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 they're the largest, yeah. Uh, and then you get the hobgoblins, which are sort of more portrayed as like samurai honor well, or like warrior 
fierce. Yeah, know? like Klingons if you're into Star Trek, that sort of sure. thing. Sure. They're like the soldiers of the goblin armies yeah. or the or the, you know, what would you call it? The leaders? Militarized society. Militarized. I mean, bugbears are kind of the muscle, but these are kind of the the, the mind, the thinkers that um, aren't just little and I, tinkery traps. I don't know about you, but I mean, for me, a lot of what I love about playing and even having players play these is that there's a, um, amongst them, it, there's a, I don't know, there's an irreverence, there's a sort of funniness to things. Like goblins are known for kind of their uh, sort of their ingenuity, their tinkering, their creating mm -hmm. of things, but that those things are very uh, Wiley Coyote esque <laughs> at times and kind of are yeah. prone to break or, you know, hurt their, their user. Um, you know, I, I think there's just some, some aspects like that. And maybe, I don't know if it's, again, if that's a racist thing, then we shouldn't do that. But I sort of feel like it's, it's part of the fun for me in playing these sorts of characters is having, having that freedom to, to sort of have a little bit more of a laugh. Um, and I think if you're a critical role fan out there, and you watched, you know, not or yeah, yeah. Season season two with with Beth, Sam Regal playing a goblin for a very long time. Um, it was funny. It I mean, was. He got fun. sick of it eventually, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, after a couple hundred episodes, but hey, you know, it was it's, no. It can be a good time. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there were many times where it's like, well, if only I was a goblin. My goblin form had this, this, and this. Now I'm slower. Now I'm, you know. Now I can't use Fury of the Small. Now I'm all these things, you know. But um, no, no dark vision anymore. And the nice thing about all these races is, I believe they all have dark vision, which yeah. is always nice. It's fun. Um, I, I assume that. I ran. Um, so part of the reason we're doing this episode as well is I, I ran a one shot last night, uh, yep, where I had uh, two players playing, uh, one playing a goblin, one playing a bugbear, mm. uh, and that was so much fun. Uh, we laughed a lot last night. Um, I really recommend these these uh, these builds. So l let's get into talking a little bit more in depth. Um, first, where where do goblins come from, Jack? <laughs> well, wow, wow, um, don't not, maybe you should ask here. <laughs> all right, no, I'm not asking for you to to give me a, a sex ed class on on how goblins procreate. No, I want to know the goblin history. Sure. Um, well, recent unearthed arcana suggests that it's the Feywild, which is perhaps something you weren't expecting. I wasn't um, expecting that. No, I was thinking probably something like Acheron, the Outer Plains. I was expecting the underwater sea vents. <laughs> right, okay. Or the Underdark, maybe, some people were thinking. I Yeah, for a while, I have this sort of thing in my head where goblins, and maybe it's just because they do, goblins can go deep mm -hmm. and can be found in Underdark settings. Yeah. Very which cold is kind of crazy way. that way. Um, I feel like also long ago kobolds were like relatives of go goblins as well. Well, They're I always definitely imagine them. Well, yes, I imagine them as like dragonborn crossed with a goblin. You know, <laughs> no, they're like somewhere in between. You right. know, uh -huh. um, but yeah. So, but goblins can be found deep. Sure, in the um, Forgotten Realms, it suggests that they tr um, trace their origins to the Feywild. Interesting. Uh, where they first appeared with their hobgoblin and uh, bugbear kin. Um, that history has left its mark. For though um, goblinoids are found throughout the material plane, they continue to channel an aspect of the Feywild's rule of rep reciprocity, sure. uh, which creates a mystical bond between the giver and the receiver of a gift. This is the new uh, hobgoblin of the Feywild. Right. Um, if right you remember from that UA yeah, yeah. that came out the other couple months so, ago. Okay, yeah, so those those UAs, and, and I think they're, they're actually leaning towards the new release mm. uh, coming later this so, year. Wild by the Witchlight or whatever? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I suspect that we are going to see some of the goblin story become even more, more fey. Sure. Where I think, you know, up to this point, it's a little ambiguous. I mean, their um, ears are fairly fey, if you look at them. I guess. You know? I mean, they got ears like furbolgs, so. Sure. All of them do. Hobgoblins got those little pointy ears. Bugbears have got those little fey ears. So they all do, you know. Um, and I think that's interesting, because maybe that's also how they're not part of the orc sort of mm. kingdoms or worlds anymore as well, that they're sort of a... Sort of a spinoff of that. Um, and I guess it's somehow easier to play fey creatures than it is to play, I don't know. Goblinoids? Goblinoids feel very human well, like, somehow. I, I almost imagine Can you imagine, imagine playing like a part infernal playing. creature? That'd be terrible. Nobody would want to do that. <laughs> well, you just got daddy issues. Yeah. Uh, the uh, So, yeah. 
So we got some fae creatures here. Goblins first. Goblins first. The littlest of the bunch. Uh, the goblins are the small, green, or generally beige, tan, gray, whatever color think, you have them I now. think they, they, yeah, there's a whole rainbow a variety of goblins. Sure, they can come in all colors. Um, are sort of a little bit cheeky, you know, ferocious, and sometimes seen as cowardly. Um, in Volos, they are described as beast masters and slave drivers, although, let's be honest, all evil races are slave drivers in D&D. It's stupid. I... Why can't they just be in doing their own little thing? Why can't they just be fun little? Why is it always bandits, slaves? Why you know? can't they be like? Why is it always the, so dark? Why, is it, you know? why can't they just be into like you know illegal, you know crop growing or something? Sure, you know, or practicing you know funky magics out in the woods, you know, or doing classic hooligan style robbing and stealing, and you know, tales of I mean bad you know stories of goblins coming in the night you know but they aren't these like sculpting obscene sculptures sure yeah little tricksters why not um but if you wanted to run them as highly organized um, crime bosses crime bosses although it actually says here goblins know they're a weak unsophisticated race that can be easily dominated by bigger smarter more organized more ferocious or more magical creatures Eh, i don't know i I, it'd be cute to see them all in like pinstripe like uh 1930s gangster type right. um outfits um you know like from the movies that sort of style of like you know uh the godfather sort of style version mm. of the goblin which would be quite fun um so yeah i mean first of all it's D, so you don't have to play any race any way other than how you want to play it so you know yeah if you want them very savage with clubs and spikes you can if you want them more sophisticated, whatever. Sure. Um, they can just be like funny little tinkerers who are still a little messy, you know, and yeah, have the, to make do with the, the, the goblin, way they're treated. The goblin know? village that I uh, imagined for my one shot last night had uh, had stolen a sort of powerful water elemental that has was trapped inside this, uh, this idol that could then control mm. all the, the water flowing through the village. And... Uh, once the goblins figured out how to harness that, they built pipes mm. and put in yeah. indoor plumbing everywhere. Now, I'm not saying they put in really nice indoor plumbing. There's pipes running everywhere, like outside of walls. You know, they're kind of leaky. They get some like rags tied around them, but they had plumbing. And because of that, they had one of the nicest goblin cities uh, or, or goblinoid cities uh, ever seen. Yeah. Um, so I could have imagined a, a city like that could still be, you know, pristine nice uh by goblin standards but by outsider sort of perspective it would still look like really weird strangely built um mm. a lot of redundant pipes a lot of things running back and forth when they could have had a simpler route to them and yeah. i think maybe that speaks to the, the chaos that i think comes with goblins yeah and totally. maybe that's the fey right the face sort of really exaggerates you know the sort of the fun crazy chaotic sort of nature and I think if you want to play a character that has a little bit of a wild streak like that, um, the goblin gives you plenty of room at the table to do that without hopefully being too annoying to everybody else around you. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is not like Kenku where you got to mimic voices. Yeah. I mean, most people abandon that anyways. But I think it's you can be kind of like, you don't need to play into the, I'm crazy, I'll set the whole thing on fire. You don't you know, have, you have to. You lean into it a little bit, yeah. but you know, you can be... Like any other humanoid, you know? Well, you could be aspirational. Like, so you totally. could be like, could I, want, I want, this, I want you know? better plumbing. You can be driven by, you know, oh, this looks shiny, you know, but there can be long-term goals too, mm -hmm. you know? Um, a thing I like here written is that it says, um, virtually any kind of creature can be browbeaten into service, but rats and wolves are nearly always present. Both have lived in concert with goblins for at least as long as uh, humans have worked with dogs and horses. And in goblin society, those two animals serve a similar purpose. So people have little rat pets and wolf steeds in goblin societies, which I think is kind of a cute idea. Um, there are four tiered, is it cased cast system? Cast. Uh, made up of lashers, hunters, gatherers, and pariahs, it says in Volos. Again, take this with what you will. Uh, lashers are closest thing, tripass and nobility. Um, so lore is, uh, again, who is right. Volo? Volo is a traveler. Yeah, um, like that. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, uh, what's his name? Ed uh, Greenwood? Mm. Was he uh, a ranger or something like that? He was one of the guys who w was the original authors on No, I know Forgotten who Ed Realms Greenwood is, but who's and, Volo? 
and he was a, yeah, an explorer of, of some sort who he played and then became a way for a vehicle, a, a voice for him, a character mm. to write f- from the perspective of for things like Dragon Magazine uh, and whatnot for years. So that um, eventually Volo sort of had this sort of legend about himself as being someone who, through so much travels, knew loads of different places and things. I mean, there's even, a, I remember reading once a little story of Volo traveling uh, to Ravenloft and meeting Strahd. Mm. <laughs> and like somehow escaping um, magically. It's quite interesting. Anyway, so Volo ha- has his perspective on uh, on goblins and their society. And yeah, maybe he, he's a bit old-fashioned sometimes, sure. a bit old school on these, but you can you can adapt that however you want. Right. This has the idea, mainly it's generally an interesting system if you've got a sort of a more chaotic sort of society in this idea i mean you could run with as much as this you want but there's lashers who have you know maybe if there's any spellcasters this has them um they include you know strategy trap building beast taming mining smelting forging etc and uh, they follow the leader of you know the lead of the tribe's boss which could be a bugbear or hobgoblin yeah and that's um, a thing we see again, and again often that it mentions the idea of goblins working for one of the other goblinoid races being mm. more sort of powerful yeah. Um, eh, I mean, I think it's just, you know, maybe they just serve different purposes. They yeah. all work together, you know. I And that's why I, I like to imagine like a town, like my plumbing town, had many different goblinoids working there. But it wasn't like one race was over another. That it was, you yeah, know, there was definitely. elders and there was meritocracy and there was politics. And there was all sorts of different reasons why somebody was a leader in the village and somebody wasn't. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, oh well. I mean, they all end up sort of being like described as like being taken advantage of. But I think they can. You can have a harmonious goblinoid society. I don't see why not. Yeah, I I think it's as a DM, you have to work a little bit harder to sort of think. Okay, am I world building a world where we're gonna have mm. hobgoblin, bugbear, goblin interactions with humans, and that's all going to be chill? Um, it's easy enough to do with a simple hand wave. It is. I mean, or is there tensions? Is there, I mean, you can use it however you want for your storytelling. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think there's enough uh, hobgoblin art out there, by the way. I know we haven't quite got to them yet, but true. Um, what I often find, I've, I've been creating a sort of desert setting, uh, sort of a Wild West thing, and it's a real hobgoblin uh, town. And... True in order to sort of find like uh, NPC art and things for it, often I find half work and then I just Photoshop it so that they're a bit red instead of green. Mm. Okay, I like that. Here is Will and Volo's is a D20 table of status symbols for goblins that they wear or use or whatever to Mm. denote status or just like maybe cool things that they have on them. So give me number 21 and 20. Uh, 15. 15, teeth pulled out in certain places. Just like their own intentional teeth. gaps. Ugh, weird. Just fun. Other ones: owl bear feather cloaks. Um, umbrellas made from dead dark mantles. That's very um <laughs> under dark. Yeah. Uh, cloaks made from scraps of an eld- elven tapestry. Um, <laughs> bracelet made of pieces of goblins turned to stone. Special breed of rat. Kept as a pet. <laughs> nose rings some sort of simple things but some sort of cute things as well fragile helmet made from an axe beak egg <laughs> so if you were to build a like what's a good what's a good um class to build with a goblin well looking at their statistics um of course tasha's you can swap anything yeah. out I mean, but out it gives b- you a bonus to dexterity and constitution out right. the gate and actually i would say use tasha's all the time now if yeah. you have if Unless you have an idea, like, like obviously a dex con build, probably a rogue. Makes you think rogue, makes you think ranger, makes you think And fighter, back in maybe. the day, that would mean goblins were always ended up being pigeonholed into a very particular group of things. But look, within goblin society, there's going to be a priest or priestess of some sort. Sure, totally. You want to make that a plus two wisdom instead, you go, go for druid it. for it or cleric or whatever. Yeah, be a cleric. I mean, there's booyogs, cool. which are goblin spellcasters. Um, and it has a couple of descriptions in how sure. one became Make a booyog. Be a be a wizard. Go for sure. It. it. There's a couple like a booyog caster might have served under a hobgoblin wizard who stole its master spellbook and learned a little bit of wizardry. Um, it, it it says it can cast a randomly determined first level wizard spell once per day, which is kind of a funny idea. Or if it's a wielder, it found a little magic item like a necklace of fireballs and learned how to use it. You know, 
um, things like that. Kind of funny. But in terms of what you get, you're a small creature, which means heavy weapons, unfortunately, aren't the thing for you. Um, but unlike other small races, your walking speed is still 30 feet, which is nice. Yeah. There's no suffered a reduction that, in speed. Dwarf. And halfling, um, who might be compared to goblins often. Maybe. Mm, you're a little bit faster than your halfling brethren, or I'm not supposed not brethren. You gain dark vision after think, 60 feet. I think there's like a united spirit of all small feet creatures. Yeah. <laughs> is the squat nimbleness. You all get the squat nimbleness feet if you want. Um, you can see uh, dim light within 60 feet of you as it were bright light, just classic dark vision, which also halflings don't get. You get Fury of the Small, which is uh, whenever you deal um, damage to a creature with an attack or spell, you can deal extra damage. Um, it has to be larger than you is the only And I think thing. it's a once per day, isn't it? It's, oh, yeah, once per short or long rest. Oh, once per short rest. That's great. It's you better. can deal extra damage but, equal to your level. Yeah. So it's okay. I mean, at low levels, it's like an extra three, four damage. It's like, hey, it's kind of cool. Plus, most things will be larger than you. Not amazing, but not bad. And uh, with the Nimble Escape feature, you can take... Uh, disengage or hide is a bonus action on each of your turns, which almost encourages you not to take uh, Rogue in some way, because Rogue would give you this anyways. And so it says, here, have a little bit of roguish stuff already. Now do something else. You know, yeah. it's just what I sort of think. I think they make fun monks um, with their fear of the small. You can do like a little super punch if you want. Uh, and you also then don't need to worry about burning key points on, you know, disengaging with step of the wind or whatever and you can focus on other things or just be a little faster fun barbarians if you switch out for strength or something like that um or good spell casters where you can still cast a spell and then you know hide sure uh yeah i think there's a lot of i think there's a lot of role play potential with goblins absolutely um and picking something that's unusual to do with them uh be fun yeah yeah uh, a spell caster particularly a little wild magic sorcerer with funny. goblin could be quite funny yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, often the goblins are We've kind of funny. We've talked about sorcerers and kobolds before, and it, it falls true. into a similar sort of category. But this um, I wouldn't do draconic bloodline with per se, no. unless the goblins are serving some sort of dragon. Um, they do have a god. I don't know. I'm not super up on the goblinoid lore with what their gods are doing. Um, I'm more interested again, in the, that. Again, a lot of that comes folk. down to again your your setting and DM and what you're you're going to do. Yeah, um, but. Moving on. Oh, well, also, by the way, goblins reach adulthood at age eight and live up to 60 years. So, wow. Live fast, fast die bloomers. fast. <laughs> yeah. In my world, they live a little longer. Bugbears. Or do you want to do hobgoblins and then we'll save bugbears for last? Uh, we can do bugbears. You want to do bugbears now? Middle. I love bugbears. Do you want to tell us a little bit about bugbears? Um, so, yeah, they're. It says, you know, bugbears are featured in the. Uh, the nightmares, tales of many races, great hairy beasts that creep through the shadows as quiet as cats. And I think that's that's obviously you know, a terrible, kind of the, the horrible thing to have to live up to. Yeah. Um, last night, I had a player, uh, she named uh, her bugbear Teddy. Mm. Uh, Teddy, the, Teddy the bear, Teddy bugbear, get it? Yeah. Um, and he was a very good swimmer. And so when you get like he'd dive into the water and he'd come out and he'd give himself a shake and all floof up and he always had a we joked that he had a little bit of a that wet bugbear smell uh, about him. Um, he, she played him as a, a beast barbarian and he was he was great. Uh, he's super fun. Uh, loved him very much. My favorite thing about uh, the racial traits that they get, which include dark vision. Uh, powerful build, uh, sneaky, which you can swap out if you want, and a surprise attack. Mm. Uh, they have this thing called long limbed, oh. which is unique. So unique amongst all, all of the races. races. Yeah, they're the only race that gets this extra plus five reach on everything. Yeah, or we're all on melee attacks. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, on melee attacks, which is just wonderful. Mm. Um, really wonderful. They come with plus two strength out of the box, a plus one dexterity. Um, you can mix that up if you want. Um, yeah, true. I, I mean, uh, yeah. I've been playing around the idea of making a a bugbear monk that's good at grappling because I love the idea that you could grapple something that's ten feet away from you, mm. and 
because its movement is zero, it can't actually move close enough to hit you with a melee attack. Yeah. It's essentially that old trick of the long-armed older kid putting their head the hand on the head of the smaller kid who can't reach them at that point uh, to hit them. Yeah. Um, that is just funny and and lovely and amazing. Uh, and that long limb thing when you you know you're on a battle map and you sort of see it in action, that extra set of squares around you is ginormous. It's such a big area on yeah. the map. Um, you effectively become this like this uh, huge creature, mm. um, not just large but huge in terms of Pretty what you much, can yeah. reach. Um, that's uh, that's just devastating. So yeah, how who no, doesn't want that? That's just so much love right there. Um, and yeah, there's ways you can mix this character up. That if we previous episodes have talked. But polar masters and right. stacking and a few things, so you can get sure. yeah your reach out to twenty feet even or something. Your battle master crazy far away, ridiculous. Um, again, like you're a gargantuan at that point. It's like so far <laughs> that you can reach on the board. Um, everything else is using range attacks against your melee attacks. It's kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, there. But if you don't want to do that, there's still so many things you can do besides yeah. the dark vision. You also gain free proficiency with the stealth skill, which is nice if you're making a barbarian, say that typically wouldn't pick that up. Sure. I think barbarian is the obvious choice for this, but I think I would encourage people to look I, at I making yeah, something else. You I, know? I mean, obviously, I, saw, I did see it being played with that last night, and I think that plays into it, sort of the the stereotype of it. Mm. But I think, yeah, you could... Kind of play, again, a lot of different things. Yeah, I mean, I think the happy. monk is a, is a lesser thought of one probably for this, but would be mm. hugely fun. I think you want to try and make use of that long limbness. Totally. Um, there are, I suppose, melee attack things that you could do. I mean, I guess uh, shocking grasp at 10 feet is kind of unexpected. <laughs> um, although shocking grasp wounds, as a cure general. Wounds. Yeah, and those cantrips aren't. Although the melee attack cantrips are kind of... Meh. Do booming blade? I could see primal savagery. Um, sure, that's a great one. D10 acid damage. Yeah, I mean it also kind of makes sense. There's a few out there that could be sure. Could but be a booming blade it. from ten feet away, you hit them and they try to move closer to you. Boom! Now they're taking more thunder damage. Yeah. You know, I mean, you think of combat like combos like that. It's not a bad one. Or maybe even do like combos like uh, what if you could pass uh, a healing potion ten feet too? <laughs> well, uh, it does say melee attacks. It's not like generally you can. Do things. I mean, if you got a lenient DM, I'm sure they'd let you do something like that. I was that, actually, but. I was making them get close um, for things like that again last night as well. Uh, like prying, if you if your friend gets grappled, you have to actually get right up to the monster to mm. pry your friend out of them. Right. You can't do it from 10 feet away. But yeah, I don't know. There's still, it's still in my mind. I can't help but this idea of this like comically long sort of arm, yeah. super arm reaching, reaching over. Plants. Uh, anyways, my that's definitely my favorite. But they also have other things like powerful build uh, should not be overlooked. It effectively doubles your pulling, pushing, lifting capabilities. Uh, so if you are strength 16 as a medium-sized creature with powerful build, it's the equivalent to having strength 32. That right. is huge. It is truly significant. Well, 30 is the maximum, but... I'm just saying, well, in terms of what the amount you can lift is. Right. So, yeah, you say 30 is the maximum, but every time you go up a size as a creature, you double. Right, I see. So a gargantuan strength 20 is actually a much greater than a medium-sized strength 20. Right. Although when it comes to rolling contested rolls for athletics and things yeah. like that, it, it doesn't translate so well. Um and but you it's can't one really of those places that gargantuan creatures. No, you can't. If they're two sizes bigger than you, you can't grapple them. Um, and and just as a table rule suggestion out there, folks, mm. if they're two sizes smaller than you, I so say you're giving you, advantage. Yeah, I think you get advantage. That's but that's just me. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Sure. Uh, but that's not all you get. No, there's more. There's more. Uh, you in might addition want, to sneaky. And, and here's a, here's an unusual land. thing: people may not think to build with a bugbear, an assassin. Sure. I think it's it's not too far out. I mean, increased they, reach for stabbing so, people. So they have a surprise attack feature, yeah, that's right. which is kind of cool. Um, although, although, let's face yeah. it, surprise ain't the easiest thing to pull off in D&D. No. Um, depending on how your DM words it or plays it at the table, 
it may be slightly easier, slightly harder to do, but essentially for surprise to work before, uh, where every rolls initiative and essentially before we do anything, the DM determines whether there was any creatures in there who did not have any idea that they were going to be attacked. Right. Right. That the, uh, their passive perception was lower than anybody who was trying to hide or possibly everybody mm. who was trying to hide, depending how you, you read the wor- words on it. Um, and, and so what that kind of means is that it's, it's tricky to get that sneak attack. But if you do, if you get surprise at the beginning as a, as an assassin, it's an auto crit, I believe, right? Uh, you get yeah auto crit damage, which means that this surprise attack from your bugbear becomes an extra four d six, and it's an advantage. Also, you get very the true. attack. Very uh, true. But if it hits, it's not auto crit, I believe. Yeah, if you're an assassin rogue, and which is in addition to your sneak attack, which is two d six, you'll be doing an extra fireball at third level, pretty much, uh, with your first turn of combat if you're able to pull it all off. Which um, is a huge first shot. Um, that's enough to take out. True possibly one of the bad guys almost at the table like the thing i love about this before they even get to have a round um (laughs) the thing i love about this though is that it doesn't say weapon attack it says attack you can do this with a spell you could could make a spell attack like do an extra 2d6 with your shocking grasp with with your fireball you know well i suppose well no it's actually you can't do with fireball specifically because it's not an attack it's not a spell attack but your firebolt your eldritch blast why not eldritch blast but it would only be one of my eldritch blasts true true Probably the attack. Yeah, it's true. It would only hit. Well, if you're first level, anyways, it's only one attack. But yeah. still, extra two d six is never to be frowned upon. With no, a that's like a that's a like that's that. a great Sweet. sword worth of damage. Sure, right there, baby. I mean, at higher Take levels, that. it's kind of it's some point negligible. But no, well, that's one the really thing with everything at high levels. It. All your if it was consistently two d six, then hey, that's great. Everything has to only scale, once, and it's still. hard. It's not like a once per long wrestling, though. It's just a once per combat. Although, let's be honest, if you have more than one combat in a day, there's a very specific type of game you're running. And this might be good for that type kind I, of game. I had players involved in, like, so mm. much combat last night. All we did was three hours of combat. <laughs> True. Hey, I mean, if you're rolling... But my point is, if you're rolling initiative multiple times instead of one long combat, you know? Yeah. Well, I, the combat was so long that I had them roll initiative three times. Yeah, then there you go. Three chances for you to... You know, do extra 2d6 if you surprise people. But yeah. again, surprising can be hard. Surprising and is hard. If you know my take on assassins, it applies here. But hey, it's kind of cool. Jack's the take on assassins is that they're terrible. Is that they're they're one He's of the wrong. weaker He's rogue wrong. subclasses. You're wrong. They're awesome. Yeah. Okay. You do you. <laughs> That's what All I have rogues, to say. Like seriously, if I have if I had to choose one class that if I had to like with a gun to my head be forced to play for the rest of my life, I would just choose rogues. Rogue bugbears for the rest of your life. Rogue bugbears, why not? Sure, cool. Bring it on. You could do some cool swashbuckler with like hitting people ten feet oh. away and running and back. And my my uh, inquisitive uh, detective bugbear. Sure. Mastermind bugbear. Bonus action help. My soul knife bugbear. Yeah, you're a uh, arcane trickster. I don't see why any of these would be bad. Frankly, sure. every one of those sounds like a great idea. Honestly, um, I quite like the idea of an arcane trickster bugbear. Swap out it, your strength okay. for intelligence. So assassinate um, is it's you have advantage on attack rolls against any creature that hasn't taken its turn in combat sure. yet, which isn't part of the surprise. But any hit you score against a creature that is surprised is a critical hit. So that would turn that two d six into four d six plus all your sneak attacks, sneak attacks as damage. well. Which no, you only get 46. that at third level, so we'd have to be at least. Uh, where are we still at 2d6 at that point? Well, 2d6 from Rogue and 2d6 from this. So right. a total of 46, yes. which on a crit is 86 altogether, which is pretty cool. From 10 feet away. <laughs> um, well, you could be you can be a, a dex bugbear. Sure, but then we're not really making use of our fun long limbs, you know? Well, why not? Well, I, well, you indicate dex is ranged, is what I assume you say when you yeah, mean dex. Yeah, well, you can have, a, you can have a, hang, a, a crossbow or a bow. True, true, And true. then when they get in close, swap out for your rapier. Your dagger. Your whip. Your whip. whip well, is whip a finesse weapon? It is a finesse weapon. It's oh, one of my favorite oh, finesse weapons. Oh, how rich reaches on a whip already? It's 10 feet. So now you got a 15-foot whip? 15-foot finesse weapon. Although you need Yeehaw. to find somewhere to pick up the proficiency, maybe multi-class with fighter, but if you... 
don't want to do that, then but this isn't next there, race there's is There's an ASI that lets you choose weapons, isn't there? There is. There is. Um, it's true. Weapon Master. You can Not ASI, but a feat. A feat, yeah. A feat, true. which people often use their ASI to pick up. Or if you multi-class into fighter, then pick up, like, I don't know, the... Fighter Rogue? Fun fighting style. That's not an impossible idea. I mean, you've played that. You know. Yeah. Or a Ranger multi-class if you want. <laughs> why not? Uh, uh, why not have three or four classes? Get some expertise. You're a, you're expertise. a, you're a bugbear. There's no limits to what you can be. True. Uh, bugbear feature, you... Last night, the bugbear was a barbarian bard. Oh, right, right. Bugbarian? And in, Is that the word? Bugbarian? A bugbarian? Uh, and they were they were fun because they the story was that they began their career as a bard, but being a bugbear was not a great singer, and oh, they were getting dear. very frustrated all the time uh, about <laughs> you know people booing them off stage, and then they would just they just couldn't handle it more, and they snapped and got angry, and they started to rage and discovered that they had this whole like rage power side of themselves that they started to lean into. Yeah, I mean generally. I think that's a great story. Multi-class is not amazing. I love this idea. I know it's a terrible idea, but at the same time, this is almost what makes Goblinoids so wonderful is they, they go so well with terrible ideas. Um, if you were, if you have a terrible idea for a class and you're like, Oh, but I don't know what short race to put with it. Go for it. Goblinoid. Go on. Goblinoids are fun. Probably a bugbear. Can't hurt. Bugbears will only make whatever your idea is better. That's true. It's very true. Um, they're often regarded as like a little bit like lethargic or you know really? um they seem sporty dozy or layabouts they if they're like not the, they seem like the sort of guys who things. hit the gym i mean hey i mean again with this i almost think chuck this all out if you want build your own lore for your bugbear yeah i imagine them as big cuddly monsters i see them as like the chewbaccas of the chewbaccas totally uh, you know they're big and scary, but they're also you know they can give a nice little hug, <laughs> like a furry hug. <laughs> but if you want to be cold and stern, uh, then you should try this next race. Yeah, again, uh, only as a stereotype, they right. actually could be this again. If you want to make yourself a samurai, like these ones, just scream out of the box. The image that you will find on D and D Beyond, the stock image for a hobgoblin, is going to make you look like a samurai you got right. it it's done but i don't like there's so much more to this race than that though yeah I feel like people think that out the gate but i think they can be very different um i like it's this is the beginning thing war is the lifeblood of hobgoblins it's like very edgy almost it's glories of the dreams that inspire them it's horrors don't feature in their nightmares cowardice is more terrible to go hobgoblins than dying uh, a hero in death becomes a hero eternal Young hobgoblins start soldiering when they can walk and heed the mustering call as soon as they wield their weapons capably. Every legion of hobgoblins entire society forever stands prepared for war. Which is <laughs> kind of strange. Sort of funny. But um, I think they're kind of a little like, they're like supposed to be big, mean, toughy people. But they don't have to be because in the Feywild hobgoblins they have a little thing that says... They have curved, pointy ears and noses that turn red or blue during displays of emotion. <laughs> Which isn't that the cutest little thing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't want a guy whose nose changes blue. It can be red then. Why not? Yeah. Get super red nope. nose. Nope. <laughs> nope. I think it's and I cute. don't like furballs who've got funny noses either. What's with the whole thing people needing to do funny noses? What's wrong it's, with funny noses? It's such a gag. <laughs> it's such a dumb gag. Isn't that the whole point? Yeah. Maybe. Why can't we be a little bit more serious about our, our hobgoblins? <laughs> uh, yeah. I think they're taken too seriously. But they, they revere two gods unique to their race. Do they? Mm-hmm. Uh, the only survivors of a pantheon that was decimated by Magbluiet so long ago that hobgoblins don't remember the names of the fallen. Namo Gaia was, a, was the greater of the two and more frequently honored. He is seen as a stoic, cold-blooded, tyrannical leader. And hobgoblins believe that he expects the same behavior from them. And then there's Bargriviek, is the god of duty, unity, and discipline. And he is thought to be pleased by displays of those principles. Hmm. So, yeah, there's like, you can be, you know, either either of those or none. You can, you can be, you know, sure. somebody who walks away, turns your back on these gods. You can be like, 
I think you guys are just lost in these two ancient gods, and I don't think society is being served well by it. And you could be one of the sort of the rebellious new young hobgoblins who are breaking free to try and forge a new path, and, and maybe a new deity, or maybe none at all, whatever you want. Uh, hmm. Sure. I think they've got super fun idea. I mean, they've got, like, military tactic, well, like, orders. Like, even in Volos, it's like, first ranks are called warlords, second ranks are called generals, and then it's captains, and fatal you see axes. Those. You actually see those in the monster manual. Sure. So there's hobgoblins, and there's hobgoblin warlords, and there's hobgoblin captains. And there's um, spears and fists and soldiers. And they each and, have, they've got cool yeah. abilities that don't translate across into the, unfortunately, into the playable race. But their ability to to order others around and move them and, and do things is quite cool, actually. If, yeah. As a DM, hobgoblins play, as, as a group, work really well together um, to form sort of a, a super organism right. uh that that can be very challenging for your players if True. your players aren't a well-oiled machine at uh themselves yeah true i think my favorite part about them though i mean they've got tenets as well sort of the whole idea of honor which you can run with if you want or you can just be generally more tactical and things like that or forget all of it what you do gain trait-wise by taking this race is an increase to constitution and intelligence. <gasps> yeah, so back in the day before uh, before we could swap any of these out, it it was it was a rare thing to see that intelligence An intelligence boost. bump, yeah. Uh, you almost were like, okay, well, I guess I'm making now a hobgoblin wizard. wizard. Yeah, but you can make artificers with this. I could totally see like a battlesmith yeah. that makes a fun... Armor? You know, like maybe he's like had an old, you know, bugbear friend that passed away in the war and you made a robot version of him or, or, or the Tony Stark of Hobgoblins. Sure. Go armor with it. Why not? Yeah. You know, why not? Cool. Um, you know, you could, you know, and you, in some ways you could sort of see the Tony Stark idea isn't okay. So tyrannical may not be the word, but he's, he's such an egoist and he's such sort of a, the boss of his industry and, and his business, you know, like he, um, maybe not so stoic, but could be considered, thoughtless maybe not cold-blooded but definitely self-centered in a way so some of these terms you could turn it slightly so your hobgoblin is less of a of a malicious thing evil. and more of just a driven ceo sure you know like i said and you know the idea of, of of duty and unity and discipline could also be focused on their work and invention and principle those sorts of things like it doesn't take a lot to turn those ideas your hobgoblin being that yeah. people aspire to in daily lives no yeah. and they're that, just ambitious driven people you know yeah that sometimes are able to sacrifice a little bit more for their own yeah willing you know, to dig their deep own and, things and yeah you could have yourself a very cool yeah uh armor sure armor, but uh, you don't need to do that hobgoblin. either you gain dark vision uh, proficiency in two martial weapons of your choice with light armor as well. Very nice for those spellcasters who don't gain any proficiencies like that. Or if you're a rogue who wants some more martial weapons, like perhaps a whip that has the finesse property and is a martial weapon. Because uh, I think it's amazing if I want to play a little <laughs> hobgoblin rogue with a whip, finesse, 10-foot reach, sneak attack, um, even though I'm not a bugbear. Yeah, player. I mean, it, it also in, it's also, um, I think, kind of interesting for the Kensei monk idea as well um mm. the kensei monk out of the box uh you sometimes you, you if you don't have a proficiency in the weapon you can't uh make a monk weapon out of it typically kensei allows you to but now there's also the dedicated weapon yeah. one which this i suppose plays very nicely again, with now it's easier and easier to add things into it but there was a time where taking something like wood elf made a lot of sense because you came suddenly just equipped with a long sword and a long bow just very nice and as a kensei like level one you're like oh, look at me i've got my, i've got cool weapons i got a long sword baby um mm. whereas with the hobgoblin wasn't a bad another bad choice that way because you could be like oh yeah i'm gonna make you know whatever True. uh what, what name a martial weapon that you want whip <laughs> whip I war was, picks like scythes and uh, glaives and halberds and well, what can't say is can't do pull arms, but oh. so say goodbye to my glaive idea and your two-handed things. Glaives look martially like martial artsy. Sure, I've, I've but seen they're not glaive things. I know, but unfortunately, they are out of 
use from <sighs> for monks. If you want to do it, go spear or something. Right. Um, unfortunately, they can't do two-handed. And the other thing on this one, this this other pit that comes after martial training it's feels so, so Asian. Fun. Mm, I don't know. I I I see it's there, but I don't want to push it on people. I feel like I feel like it it it's it's an Asian. It's like we saving. If face, our listeners don't true. don't know this, um, Jack and I live in Hong Kong, and so we well, don't dox us. I know. <laughs> We're in Radio Land. Actually, come on, come, come to We're our house. Forgotten and realms. Come on over. I'll make I'll make us all some some nice snacks and we'll play D and D. Come on, it's fine. <laughs> uh, but anyway, saving face is this is an idea that we we hear a lot of um, every day here, and it's mm. it, it it unfortunately it it's uh it can be a bit of a funny mental health thing, but yeah. Uh, so I I'd like to think people could try and. I think it's an excuse. A lot of times it's thrown out there so people avoid difficult situations um, rather than, and avoid conflict in general mm. um, instead of trying to resolve it. And so the hobgoblins are careful not to show weakness in front of their allies for fear of losing status. And this is like, a, this is like, that's really harsh, right? They think that everybody around you is going to think less of you if you, if you have a, any failures. Um, the stress on the poor hobgoblins must be enormous. <laughs> oh, this is why they're so they evil. Have, they can never fail. They and why they're never... so mad on everyone else too. And, this, and yeah, and why they they can't forgive failures in anybody else because they can't forgive it in themselves. Yeah, there's some like serious mental health problems going on here, folks. Um, anyways, if you miss an attack roll or fail an or ability fail check or saving throw, right? So, so any basically any, roll. any of the three rolls that you can do in D and D, if you flub it, guess what? you get to uh, gain a bonus to, to the role equal to the number of friends you have. You can actually, see, though. If okay. you're blinded, it doesn't work. But, but let's put it this way. This is also, if you spin this on its head from what I was saying earlier being, oh my gosh, the pressure of this, you could actually turn this into another thing. I'm like, lifted by my allies. I'm so glad that I've got my friends around me. And you can actually turn that into It's very sort of much, anime almost. Like, a much more positive. The power of friendship. It is the I power of friendship to a maximum of five friends. Mm, because that's, that's, no, that's the most Everyone friends any one person no can have. No have more than five friends. Yeah. Uh, and once you use this trait, uh, your friends are used up until you have a short rest. Yeah, they all disappear. Yeah, they're no longer your friends yeah. for like the next couple of hours. <laughs> they're all like kind of ashamed. They're like, dude. Yeah, they're like, oh, God. Stop off me, that man. Was, that was so cringy. Don't do it again. And then you have a little nap, and everyone's like, forgets. forgets and then like, you do you something and... else. You're like, oh, that's so yeah. cringe. Um, no. no, everybody. But very be nice fun. To like, it could be a free plus five, depending if you, especially if you're like, I got a what, good for skill monkeys again. Great rogues. So yeah. you need to make that disarming pick or, or whatever. Or you just hire five hire, hirelings to follow you around oh, and like yeah. clap and cheer or you. Or you're on a summoner time. wizard who just summons a bunch of pets, mm. flock of familiars <laughs> that. <laughs> Are all your friends? Kaka, <laughs> you're the best. Or you just, you know, conjure some lesser demons to applaud your efforts. Bravo, sir! Bravo! Well done. Yeah, kind of also sad in that way, but fun for summoner wizards if you want to go that direction as well. Um, I think it's it's generally a great race as well. Free proficiency with martial weapon, light armor is so handy for blade singer wizard if you want to try playing something like that just pick up a longsword with this and you're i mean i know it's technically elf only but this makes such an al great alternative blade singer like seriously like free bonus to a saver attack roll once per long like short rest like two martial weapons and light armor it's just it's just great it's amazing dark vision <laughs> they increase to intelligence and constitution i mean most people will be pretty happy with this if you're playing a character like that again with tasha's you can swap out the scores to make a fun you know, druid, cleric, anything really, you know, because you can use saving face even if you're in beast mode, you know, um, or raging if you want to try something like that. I, I think these three races are super versatile in what they offer. Goblin being maybe the most boring of the three. I might change fear of the small a little bit. It feels like it's just extra damage, you know, but. I think in the beginning that extra damage uh, is meaningful. I mean, truth be told, the sneak attack damage of the bugbear is... Like I said, we, we I came up with a situation where it could be cool, but frankly, you rarely are you going to get that extra 2d6. It's so seldom going to come up. Your fear, fear of the small is going to add up over time to be way more damage True. Very than true. Sneaky's ever going to give you. Or the um, surprise attack, yeah. And, yeah, the surprise attack. Uh, and saving face, 
Uh, it's effectively like bardic inspiration. Well, it's not, it's not variable. It's like consistent depending on how many friends yeah, you got. You exactly. Know, if, if you're a tight formation, then like you said, if seriously you throw a couple hobgoblins and they've got this feature at them, like if they're like a little phalanx formation, like they're succeeding all their saves, you know, at least once. But I don't know. I think it's a. Uh, That's always a fun idea too. Fun. Uh, everybody in the party play the same race, <laughs> and the same class. Well, I don't know how fun that is, but uh, encouraging your players like, well, let's do a goblinoid setting could be quite fun, I think. Everybody play Hobgoblin. Uh, or Bugbearer Goblin. Wait, Hobgoblin Assassins. What if you see everyone as your ally, though? Um, <laughs> <laughs> only can have five of them. What if I uh, do can a, like, a, a di- suggestion? Can you do it, like choose a, a different five and get both? Charm person. Or- Is it like... Do you just use up that friend until the next short rest? Uh, oh no! It says once you use this trait. Yeah, yeah. So not not once you use these five friends, you Imagine. can't use those five friends again. So like, if you got ten friends, you can keep like rotating through. Cycle them. out the cast. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think they're all good additions. Um, I think Hobgoblin is my favorite. Maybe Bugbear. Goblin could use a little work, but they're all fun. I think you should all give them a little go. Try building a character with one of these uh, funny races. It's pretty good. Also, the disengage as a bonus action is is very nice at low levels if you're a little goblin. makes you a great little sneaky thing. You can run in, stab, run out, not to be too worried about it at first level, which is, you know, also nice for a sorcerer or wizard if you yeah. wanted to play something like that. Absolutely. And the Fury of the Small works for your fireballs, too. It doesn't have to be an attack. It can just be a spell effect in general. You can just boom, drop a fireball, add your level to it, you know, which could be, you know, an extra five damage. But sometimes that extra five damage can be kind of nice at higher levels. That's like an extra 11 damage for free. You know, it it can get it, it scales, you know, it tries to scale. So I suppose that's our message for you folks this week is try a little goblinoid race, you know, or a big goblinoid race or big or anywhere in between. They're almost very Goldilocks in a way, you know? Yeah. They're like the little goblin and the medium hobgoblin and the big bugbear. Which is, you know, the perfect gang, the perfect trio. All very sort of comedic, you know, you can see the relationships there, you know. Um, the the stereotypical dopey bugbear, the focused, determined, you know, kind of badass leader hobgoblin, and then the quirky inventor. Yeah, and again, maybe flipping it all around on his head as well. Yeah, or put the goblin in charge. Sure, make the hobgoblin like nervous and cowardly, and he was rejected from his tribe for not having honor. <laughs> yeah, uh, and maybe the 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 bugbear is just like the strong, silent type. Sure. Or the bugbear is the full caster of the group. <laughs> yeah, why not? Went full studying the arcane. With it, you know. Maybe when he starts getting charged up with the weave that his fur all stands on end. Yeah, he like does lightning spells and it always leaves his fur on end. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Uh, lightning sorcerer that's like all static sure. electricity. And then you can still do that range shock. It's all about his static all electricity. Before he casts a spell, he like he like rubs the fur to build up some uh, static electricity. Releases a big lightning attack. That's hilarious. I like that. Feel free to steal this character. <laughs> Storm Sorcerer, maybe? Mm-hmm. All right, folks. Thank you for joining us this That's week. That's another week of Like Dragon, Like Sun. Uh, tell your friends about us, uh, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.